Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I am your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Maxwell Ivey. He is the founder and owner of theblindblogger.net. Maxwell, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Jen. Thanks for having me on the show. And it's uh, great to get to sit down and talk to you again. I, I have lots of interviews and we always say we're going to talk again, but it rarely ever happens. So this is a great treat. Yeah, you know, it is nice. I, re- I recently uh, interviewed a person that uh, we, I think we interviewed each other on our own individual shows. And then now that I started doing this show, uh, she had happened to apply for it as well. So I was like, oh, look at that. Like we just, there's so many of us in the podcasting community or, or p- businesses that, you know, use podcasting as a form of marketing. And it's really fun now having to, having done this for almost two years, um, which I know you've done so much longer, of course, but even in the last two years, when you start to run into to familiar people that are just trying to make it work and, you know, using podcasting as that medium to get your voice and your service out there. Well, I love the way you said that. They're just trying to find a way to make it work because, yeah, I've been doing this longer. I started my first website in 2007, helping people sell used carnival rides. Mm. I transitioned to being the blind blogger six years ago. And so I, you know, been trying to apply some of those skills from being a carny and an equipment broker to being an author and a speaker. But really, it just comes down to finding a way. And quite often, the answer is not the one you wanted. Quite often. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Quite often, the good answer requires hard work or lots of money. And if you're in the early days where you have more passion and desire than you have cash or credit, you end up getting your hands dirty a lot. So I am here because I've been willing to do stuff that other people wouldn't have been willing to do. And some of that is based on my, my vision loss. Some of it has been based on financial need. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it was based on pride and just wanting to find a way to do it myself instead of getting somebody else to do it. So I yeah. will admit to having pride sometimes and but it get in my way. But, you know, when I first when I started my first website, um, the only way that I could get online was I had to learn how to hand code HTML. Mm. And something I wouldn't wish on anybody else. I give thanks every day for WordPress so that I don't have to know <laughs> that stuff anymore. Yeah, but I I probably wrote over two million lines of code over the seven years that my website was on wow. a base that because because I had that was how I created pages and images and everything is one one line of code at a time. So I don't know how many people would have put themselves through that, uh, but I did because I didn't have I didn't see you know any other choice, which mm-hmm. is which is part of my brand because I grew up in a business where you know the only choice is to get open. Nobody cares what happened during the week. They just want to buy their funnel cake and ride to Ferris wheel on Thursday night. So, yeah. so I've learned uh, sometimes those hard, difficult answers are just what you have to do. So I, pre- I, I just, you know, grabbed onto that one sentence there. It's, it's really spoke to me. Yeah. You know, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, just how, um, you know, admirable it is for you to just, you know, like uh, kind of grab the whole horns and grab, you know, just grab an opportunity uh, that you see fit. Um, it reminds me of, I, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it said something like, <laughs> it says something like, um, you know, someone less qualified uh, will get a position over you because 
because they believed in themselves more than you believed in yourself. Like you kind of doubted yourself that you kind of had the self-doubt like, oh, I can't get that. But someone more confident, even if they're not as good, was able to put themselves out and get it anyway. Um, right. and, and if you just think to yourself, like if you're just confident enough, or you just believe or even just do it, just try it, you know, um, you'd be surprised how many more opportunities uh, you can grab. Right. And, you know, you, you talk about putting yourself out there and having confidence. And really, it all starts with little steps of faith and risk and trying to find a positive result in the things you did. I like to remind people that I may look like uh, I have done it and made it, but in my opinion, I'm still on my journey. But I started 13 years ago with a website domain, not knowing how I was going to get online. And then I learned how to blog. And then I figured out how to recruit clients and build an email list. And then I, you know, podcasting and so many other things along the way. But it all started with, you know, just a, what was it? 20 something dollars that we paid to have the domain name registered, not knowing where we we're going to go next. So yeah. confidence is one of those things you have to practice. And I, I think that one of the most important things I can teach people is it doesn't matter what your method is. It doesn't matter who your guru is. If you're thinking of vision boards, law of attraction, affirmations, prayer, no matter what it is, it will not help you with a problem you have today. Mm. It will help you with a problem you have next week, next month, or next year, but only if you do it on a regular basis and build up those muscles. I like to tell people that I have gotten really good at finding the positive in my life because I've spent way too much time in my life laying on my ass looking up at where the sky should be. So... <laughs> You know, you know, it's like you, you build up those muscles or those mental muscles of, you know, I know there's something good that came out of this. What is it? And how, and how, do, I, how do I find it? Yeah. But if you wait until the moment that you need those skills, they will not help you. It's kind of like, you know, if you wait till the, la till the night before the test and you study as much as you can, you're probably still going to fail that test. And yeah. so I like, I like to tell people, whatever it is, pick one of them. Start doing it on a daily basis, even if you have to put it on your calendar, if you have to set an alarm, if you have to put a reminder on your phone or write it where you'll see it, mm -hmm. do something, but do it in small measures every day. And then once you've built up that attribute for a while, you can build up something else. You know, you can start with prayer or meditation. You can move on to uh, law of attraction or finding the positive and Mm -hmm. One thing I, I love to share is my method for finding the positive and the good in my life, because it's not easy, but anybody can do this with practice. Here's how you can do it. Finding the good or positive is just like finding anything else that you've lost or don't know where it is. Mm. Excuse me, that you've lost. You know where it is. You know, we're talking about your keys, your smartphone, your TV remote. You know where it is. You know, it's somewhere in the house, in the car, in your purse, you know, yeah, 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 and you just keep looking until you find it. You know, you throw stuff around. If you don't find it, then you ask the family or somebody else to help you look for it. But you know, it's there and you keep looking until you find it. So just apply that to being positive. So, you know, I know when wow. I get up in the morning, when I get up in the morning, I know at this point for a certainty, I'm going to have at least one great experience uh, participate in a great event, find a great opportunity, meet an awesome new person. Something is going to happen in my day and I get up looking for it. Um, yeah. And one of the best places to look for it and people are going to, people are going to yell at me for this because there's so many people saying, don't check your inbox. First thing you get up. I agree. Don't check it. The first thing, <laughs> but, 
But you know, the only difference between spam and an opportunity is the attitude with which you open your mail. Mm. Wow. So I once booked a speaking opportunity because I read a I read a mail that I from a mailing list that I had forgotten I subscribed to. And I wrote back to him and said, well, you know, I, I appreciate that you're promoting your event, but why am I not on the stage? Mm-hmm. They said, they said, we can't think of any good reason why you aren't on the stage. We love having a feel good story to end the day with. So you're booked, you know? Um, and then back to what you were saying about, about going for things you're not qualified for. One of the things that really got my career started was winning the Amtrak Writers in Residence Award, which gave me the opportunity to go to New York City by myself during the Christmas and New Year's holidays of 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. When I applied for that, I, re- was, I started reading the blog of the previous winners. And I started seeing things like um, award-winning author, plays performed off-Broadway, mm. screen, screenplays. And I start thinking, you know, Max, you're not, you're not from around here. And I actually, actually, at one point, I was humming the words from the Sesame Street song, which one of these is not like the other. And then I thought, well, I'm not going to let these people talk me out of it. It's free. It's free. All I got to do is fill out this form right here and press send. So I sent it off. I wasn't qualified, but out of thousands of people, they picked me as one of the 24 winners. And I got a great story and a great book out of it. I knew I wasn't qualified. Yeah, but I stuck my hand up anyway. Exactly. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious to know on your end, where do you think that whole need to feel qualified comes from? I think it comes from our parents and the fact that we will never feel good enough for our mother, our father, <laughs> our older brother, our older sister. Real talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, well, I mean, sim- a lot of the hard truths are simple truths. And that's, yeah. I think that's as simple as it gets, you know, um, and some people have guilt drilled into them by their faith. You know, what's the old expression? Uh, Catholic guilt or whatever. Yes, I mean, I was going to say that, <laughs> you know, I mean, so we, we have and, you know, it depends. There are, there are certain there are, I, I don't honestly believe the Bible teaches us to be to have guilt or to be guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe it also gives us the opportunity to to get past our, those things we're guilty for. But there are so many people they will never feel good enough. And I'm going to help you. I don't feel good enough. When I submit my, when I submitted my last novel to my editor to be published, I had to go through the exact same thing all over again. Who Mm -hmm. in the heck wants, who do you think you are? You know, what makes you Mm -hmm. think anybody's going to want to read your, your experiences? Right. Um, Why are you doing this? But then I'm like, I've already written the book. You know, I'm already this far. Let's go ahead and do this. And even though it costs me a little money to go through the process because I'm blind and I believe I need somebody to handle the, the visual aspects of, submitting, formatting, and publishing the book, mm-hmm. even though it's self-published. Um, but, you, you know, those feelings are never going to go away. The thing is, the more times you do it, the better you're going to get at it, the more mechanisms you're going to build up to deal with it. So yeah, you, know, you just have to start making those decisions. And it's not easy. I feel bad for those people who are constantly being told that doing what me and you do is easy. It is mm-hmm. not easy. It is yeah, hard. It, require, it requires <laughs> it requires a conscious decision every day, sometimes every minute of that day mm-hmm. to just keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just one of the cats who's honest enough to tell people this. I'm in the minority. I'm doing my best to change things. But the truth is, we have a lot of quote experts who, you know, make it look easy. It ain't easy. 
They've just yeah. gotten really they've just gotten really good at doing hard the hard thing. That's all they've done. They've got practice. Yeah. And they kept going, you know. Yes. Um, one thing, so there's a phrase I, I like to say in my head um that helps me reframe uh, let's say the imposter syndrome. I just say, so far, so good. And what I mean by that <laughs> is I just keep going. And if nothing changes, I'm like, oh, so far, so good. Like no one stopped me yeah. yet. No one's like said, no one's criticized me. Like no one's, you know, fill in the blank. So far, yeah. so good. And yeah. that helps yeah. me with a lot of my just, you know, confidence. It's like, I just think that way and I just keep going. Yeah. I, I like to fall back on a couple of expressions. One is from WC Fields. He, he once said uh, in a movie, his line was, um, hey, kid, the only way you can lose is to die or quit playing and you look pretty healthy. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then my other, one of my other favorites is from Star Wars, the second original movie. Yoda says to Luke Skywalker, uh, there is no big or small. There only is. Mm. Because quite often we fool ourselves into thinking something is scarier because mm. it's lar- on a larger scale or in a different venue. But it's still the same thing. As I, as I tell my podcast uh, guest students, it's your story. It doesn't matter whether you're telling it to one person where it happens to be recorded, like in our case, or whether you're telling it to 100,000 people live. It's mm-hmm. still your story. You know it as well as any, you know it better than anybody else does. You know, so I like to fall back sometimes on there is no big or small, there only is. And, and yeah. that actually served me, that actually served me really well last year at PodFest when I found out I was following Dave Jackson to the microphone. So, mm. uh, but yeah, it, it is a continual effort to just keep going forward, which is why the river is my theme song, because, you know, uh, of course the river eventually will get to an ocean. I don't know that I'll ever get to the ocean, but, uh, you know, my life has gone in many different directions and here lately it seems to be going in even a slightly other different direction. So, Mm -hmm. which I, I think that's one of the things, a lot of people, they, they feel like they've put all this effort into doing something for, for a few years. And then an opportunity comes along to maybe do something else or do what they're doing in a, in a slightly different way or different venue. And they're like, if I do that, it's like I'm saying everything I did before this was wasted or useless. Mm. And it's not. I mean, mm-hmm. it just prepared you, put you in a position to be ready for something that was better than what you were thinking was possible. You know, and that's mm-hmm. that's one of those really thing, really hard things to do as an entrepreneur is to think bigger, to think beyond where you think you're going or where you think your market is going, and just to listen to what's happening in yourself and in the world. It's difficult to go, yeah, I've been doing this this way for 10, just a minute. I mean, I love the entrepreneurs who are succeeding during COVID because they're, they're basically having to say, we've been doing this this way for 30 years. Now we have to do it how? (laughs) You know, I mean, um, you know, there are people who are like, there never used to be a thing about um, masks and PPE and uh, new supply chains for medical products. I mean, so many people are having to think in ways that are different than anything they've ever done before, very different. And I applaud the ones who can do it. And I really feel for the ones who can't. And I really wish that I could help more of those people who are stuck because they either are scared or they're comfortable where they were, or they just really, they think that if they move in a different direction, they are throwing away what they did before or that what they did before didn't matter and it didn't have value. And I, 
I really wish more people would just go, hey, what I did was amazing. I served people. I solved yeah. problems. You know, I did this. And now it's prepared me to do something different or something new. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Very powerful, Maxwell. Uh, so speaking of which, let's go ahead and talk about um, how that's manifested for you today and how you kind of are being that uh, practicing what you preach. Right. And exactly. uh, I do know that you are creating a podcasting network called What's Your Excuse? And uh, I know that we talked about this in a previous interview, but let's talk about that phrase first. Where does that phrase What's Your Excuse comes from? It comes from my audience. And mm-hmm. over my years, I've had I have accumulated three brand names. Uh Mr. Midway for my equipment brokering, the blind blogger. And then this third one for my podcast comes from the fact that so many people over the years have said, if Max can do it, then what's my excuse? Mm -hmm. And I really tried to come up with another name for the podcast. And I really tried to come up with another name for the network, but the world and my fan base is just conspiring against me. So uh, (laughs) for you, come on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And some. (laughs) And, and of course, I have to make sure I mention this. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just say yes and thank you and go do the work. Um, you know, I did not want to be the blind blogger. I thought there had to be a better name. But people said, Max, we've been calling you that for two years as a former shorthand. You really should be that. So I did. And same thing with what's your excuse. We actually did a social media thing and a blog post. And basically, nobody wanted me to do anything else and nobody had any good options. So here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, and the, what's your excuse brand really works. The only regret I have about it is that somebody owns the website. What's your excuse? Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to finish the URL cause I don't want to give them advertising and make uh, it worth even yeah. more money. <laughs> but if somebody wants to contribute $25,000 to the blindblogger.net <laughs> so I can purchase the website, you can reach me at, you know, <laughs> You can start a GoFundMe. <laughs> Let's get this I domain. Mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, you know, uh, you know. I, a couple of years ago at Podfest, they were trying to do a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter mm-hmm. to um, to file a lawsuit to remove the trademark from the phrase entrepreneur because you cannot use the phrase entrepreneur in a website or uh, oh. or a business name because entrepreneur itself is trademark. Interesting. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever wondered why John Lee Dumas is no longer entrepreneur on fire, but is he's he like on fire? fire? Yeah. That's why. Oh. That's why he that's got kinda like, that's like realtor, you know, realtor is like trademarked, I believe. Yeah. I yeah. did he not know that. Of, he got a cease and desist letter. Yes. Huh? Wow. Fun which, fact. Fun which, fact me, I, which, which me, I would have posted that cease and desist letter and I'd have done me a video and that puppy would have went, would have went viral, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep, I keep hoping Garth Brooks is going to send me a cease and desist letter and tell me to stop singing the river. <laughs> um, that's the kind of stuff that goes through my mind as an entrepreneur and a promoter and a former carnival owner, you know, like, yeah, come on, Garth, get mad at me. I could use a Twitter war. Oh my goodness. Well, um, Maxwell, I, but, I, I know I can, can talk I, to you forever, but let's, yeah, let's know, uh, but, reel it back in here. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, um, I know. I, I, do that, talk- I do that to people, but let's yeah. let's talk about the the whole podcasting thing. Yeah. Yes, please. Um, I am creating a What's Your Excuse podcasting network. The goal is to uh, develop a platform for people who are blind, visually impaired, losing their vision, who have a story, who have a, who have a voice that want to share it with the world, help them uh, to create launch, grow, promote, and monetize their podcasts. 
That last one I'm going to have to learn how to do so I can teach them, but I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, uh, like I say, help them launch their podcast. And uh, hopefully they will use that, you know, one, to find a purpose in their lives, um, yeah. to, to build up self-esteem, but also in hopes that they will use that podcast as a way of growing an existing business or starting a business around their podcast. Yeah, that's powerful. Um, tell, tell me, because, you know, you've been in the podcasting space forever. Uh, you are essentially a veteran in my mind. Um, what has been the most fulfilling experience or thing about podcasting so far for you? Well, for me personally, there are two things. One is when I hear from people that I have inspired or motivated through doing an interview or, or through one of my podcast interviews. Mm-hmm. But the thing that gives me the most pleasure is when I find somebody who is doing good work mm-hmm. and they still don't really appreciate the power of their story or the quality and value of their work. Yeah. And I help them see themselves in a different way by introducing them to podcasts as a guest. I mean, my very first client is a woman named Adriana Gavazzoni, who is still with me four plus years later. Wow. Uh, she's gone from a woman who was publishing her first book and didn't even tell people in her home country she was publishing because she was afraid it would affect her legal career if it wow. got out. The, the woman lawyer was writing a legal thriller that included lots of psychological and sexual tension. If that, if mm. you get my idea, mm-hmm. um, she said it's not 50 shades meets meets the, the, the brief or the Pelican, but it's uh it's pretty hot. I've read a couple of them myself. So, mm-hmm. but when I first talked to her, she really just like, nobody is going to want to hear my story. I'm not even sure people are going to want to buy my books, but I convinced her by saying, you know, I've got this friend who has a podcast and mm-hmm. his guest backed out on him. He needs somebody to, to fill in last minute. So he'd be happy with anybody. Mm-hmm. Would you just show up and have a conversation? And by having the conversation with the host, she learned so much to, about herself. The confidence that she gained in just that one interview was amazing. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things I do. You know, the, the last thing I do when I'm, help, when I'm training somebody to be a good guest is to bring them on my podcast because I want to give them, you know, one of those really great experiences where they have that confidence builder and help them see just who they are, you know, to be yeah. that mirror for them. Because you know how it is when you're doing the work, especially as a creative entrepreneur, in the beginning, you don't have a lot of cheerleaders. Most yeah. people have, most people, most people have a lot of what we used to call in the business crepe hangers, which means they have a lot of naysayers, people yeah. that are telling them not to do it. Right. You know, so to give somebody that faith and hope and, and help them see that, yeah, you know, people do want and need to hear your story. Those are when I when I get to experience those transitions and those journeys of self-discovery from my students, that's what I live for. And, mm. you know, it, quite honestly, I really I don't seek out, you know, people that can pay five or six figures for a coach or a booker or a publicist because they've already made it. You know, I, I love working with people who they don't even know for sure they're going to publish, you know, they don't even mm. know for sure they're going to drop their album. You know, I like, so I, I, I grew up rooting for underdogs. My, my dad taught me to always pull for the little guy. And so, you know, helping these people do it. Plus when I do it, I feel like I'm paying a debt because, you know, if we go back eight years, um, people started telling me, Max, you know, your story is inspiring. You need to share more about, about how you do things. Yeah. It took really close person. It took really close friends from the internet two years to convince me to accept my role 
and start the blindblogger.net. Yeah. So it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's even harder uh, because quite often, a lot of times people with a disability have even less self-confidence than the average. Mm. You know, so it's really a passion project that I happen to get paid for. I love it. Maxwell, you are incredible. And I appreciate our second conversation again, even if you don't remember the first one, I'm not taking it personally. The downside of being prolific is sometimes you, for, you forget where you were last week. I'm sorry. That's just the way. <laughs> I don't care. I really don't. My, my, I'm, my, I'm really hey, loved. I could hey. care less. <laughs> yes, you are loved. My, you are loved. My my friend and editor Lorraine regularly at wordingwell.com who's helped me publish my book. She's like, Max, I enjoy doing podcasts, but please don't book me on 12 a month. You know, don't do that no more. So uh, <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Uh, well, Maxwell, we definitely have to uh, wrap up here, but please, any parting thoughts to our entrepreneurs and small business owners listening to the thoughtful entrepreneur? Yes, I appreciate the opportunity. I apologize for the distractions and for going over your usually time, usual time allotment. Uh, but I want to say one really important thing. We are not meant to do things like starting a business or creating projects by ourselves. Mm. Please don't try to do it alone. Mm. Reach out to others. Let people offer their help and services to you if they will. And so here's the most important thing I can tell you. When you refuse to ask, you rob the other person of the joy they would have received from helping you. Mm. So be sure and let other people help. Be sure and let people know where your need is and ask for help. Um, I can talk more at another. If, if people want to reach out to me, I can talk more about the whole process as far as how you find people and reach out to them for that help and where you go from there. But really, it does take a whole bunch of people to be successful. I have many people, thankfully, a lot of them. Uh, our friends, family, fans, or people who volunteer their services because they just like helping me. But it takes a lot of people to be successful. And I'm not just talking about social media crowds. I'm talking about those people who you can count on in the middle of the night. So be sure yeah. and ask. Because if you don't ask, you, you rob them of their joy. And hey, I wouldn't be here if I didn't ask for stuff. But then, you know, my dad taught me every week in the car business. If you don't ask, they can't say yes. Mm. And uh, I've taken that to heart. And, you know, a lot of times I ask for stuff I'm not ready for. They give it to me anyway, because I ask, 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 you know? Yeah, powerful. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the average person wants to give. They want to feel needed. And part of that is helping. So yes. uh, give him that opportunity to do it. Yes. Maxwell, it's been an absolute pleasure, again, talking to you on a different podcast here at The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Thanks again what for joining us. What was different? What was different? You know, I mean, uh, just a different name, <laughs> just a different name. <laughs> I mean, we're still us. We still love each other. We still had a great conversation. I mean, we what did. is it? A rose is a rose kind of a situation here. Uh, hey, I've, I've loved it. I hope people will go to the blindblogger.net and reach out to me. And just one last thing. Um, I would not be where I am now if it weren't for people like you who put in the work every day to give me a platform, who've let me share my story and inspire others. So there would not be a the blind blogger or a what's your excuse or even a potentially a what's your excuse network without people like you. So thank you sincerely. You're welcome. No, and thank you for being a part of it. All right. And uh, again, to our listeners, this is Maxwell Ivy, the founder and owner of theblindblogger.net. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. 
Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.